Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our authentic Becoming an Acts 2 Church series. This series looks at several things the early church embraced that we can devote ourselves to today. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We'd love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select contact us, and send us an email. So this morning is a, uh, a day that I want you to, to mark in your calendar. It's a day that, that God is beginning something unprecedented in our history as a church. And for some time, I, I've sensed that God has been calling us to, to truly be the church, to do whatever it takes to be the church everywhere and in every way individually and corporately. And, and we're kicking off this year with 21 days of prayer. I'll tell you more about that. We're also starting off this uh, new series on this first day in 2017. It's called Authentic because we want to live authentic lives for Jesus. And today I'm going to tag team in this message, Ray Bugnacki, one of our elders, the leader of the Granby House of Prayer. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to him in a little bit. But, but today we want to look at what God wants us today, wants us to do. And so uh, if you would let me uh, tarry a little bit on this vision that God has given for us. It's a vision that's been affirmed by our elders and other leaders, and we're excited about it because we believe that God is calling us to become the church, not just talking about being the church, but, but truly to live it out. And what do I mean by that specifically? Well, it seems like God just continues to bring this verse up to me and to the elders and to other leaders all the time. It comes from the book of Acts chapter 2. It's verse 42. You'll see it on the screen behind me. I'm just going to read it. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So we're talking about valuing things as followers of Jesus that, that really are countercultural to the world and the society that we live in. We're talking about being Christ followers who, who are real and authentic, who know no limits in following Jesus, who take every opportunity to, to lean into God's word, to, to lean into sharing the gospel and growing the kingdom of God and being faithful followers of Jesus. We're talking about being Christ followers who devote ourselves to prayer, who devote ourselves to being authentic with one another, who devote ourselves to honoring and living God's word, who devote ourselves to being in community with one another, and who devote ourselves to, to being generous with our time, with our talent, with our treasure, with our touch, to, to really be the church. And the best example that I can show you of what it means to be the church is to return to Scripture and look at Acts chapter 2. So today I'm going to talk about being an Acts chapter 2 church, and I'm just going to shorten it and talk about being an Acts 2 church. In fact, all this month we're, we're going to be looking at that. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the fact that we have recorded for us what that early church looked like. And Lord, that's the church that we want to be, one that lived for you with reckless abandon, following you obediently, listening to you, growing in all of those areas, and being faithful to you. So Lord, I pray that you would speak to us today. Give us ears to hear and give us hearts to follow. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So, this first section of scripture that we're going to look at comes from the gospel, uh, excuse me, from the book of Acts. It's just after the, the day uh, of Pentecost that we read this scripture. And if you know anything about church history, you know that, that Jesus promised when he ascended into heaven, he, he and the Father would send uh, another helper, an advocate, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit would, would teach the followers of Jesus everything that Jesus taught. And the Holy Spirit would be there to guide and comfort the followers of Jesus. And so on the day of Pentecost, uh, the Holy Spirit was poured out over the, over the followers of Jesus. And that's the day that we say that the church was born. It says that over 3,000 people came to faith in Jesus Christ on that day. And at the conclusion of that whole passage of Scripture where it talks about the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down and when after Peter preached and after the church grew by 3,000 people, we have this verse, this amazing verse that they devoted, talking about the church, talking about those followers of Jesus, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, that Scripture, uh, to fellowship to breaking of bread and to prayer. That's going to be our theme verse throughout this month, throughout this series called Authentic, because we want to live authentic lives as followers of Jesus. We want to go after all that God has for us, and we want to encourage and challenge one another to do that. So here's what I would encourage you to do. I would encourage you to take that scripture, write it out, print it out, put it in a place where you can memorize it, put it in a place where you can pray over it, where you can ask God to speak to you in your own lives about what it means to live out as an Acts 2 follower of Jesus, and to think about what those implications are and applications are for living that out on a daily basis. The first point that I want to make this morning comes from that, and I'm just going to really uh, encapsulate it, but, but here's, the, here's the first point. An Acts 2 church is devoted to prayer. So, so I'll, con- I'll just sort of condense one of those points from verse 42. It says they devoted themselves to prayer. The word we translate as devoted carries with it this idea of giving oneself to something continually. Giving oneself to something continually. To to give constant attention to something. What do you give yourself to continually? What do you give yourself to continually? If you can't answer that question, I'm sure if you ask someone you're close to, they've observed what you give yourself to continually, and if they're honest, they'll tell you. It'd be so awesome if it was prayer. Um, The Acts 2 church gave themselves continually to prayer. Uh, These were things that were so important to them that they made it part of their daily lives, not just one time a day, but multiple times a day. These were things that they were devoted to as essential parts of their daily living. It permeated everything that they did. The reason prayer was so important to the early church was because it was communication with God. Now, how many of you have a best friend? Just go ahead and raise your hand. How many of you have a best friend? I bet you communicate with your best friend daily. I bet it's just a, it's a, 
a part of your daily life. I, I bet you're devoted to your best friend that you're going to communicate with them. You're going to talk to them if you can face to face. If not on the telephone, if not on the telephone, you're going to text them or email them. You're going to communicate with them daily because you're devoted to your best friend. So if you're going to have a relationship with God, you have to communicate with God, and we call that prayer. And if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you need to communicate with God often and regularly. Unfortunately, I think some of us treat prayer sort of like a um, last resort you know, when, when everything else has failed in life, we'll pray. Uh, many of us just go through life doing everything on our own power. And, and when it's not working out, then we ask God for help. Then we consult God. Then we reach out to God. Then we pray. Oh, look, I've been guilty of that. Many of us treat prayer that way. Prayer is asking help for more than things at a desperate hour. It's building a relationship with God. Now, for some of us, we, we look at prayer sort of like taking a Christmas wish list to Santa Claus. I mean, think about that. I still remember when my, my parents took me to, to see Santa Claus when I was a kid, and I, I, they put me up on Santa Claus's lap, and what did I do? I told Santa Claus my wish list, what I wanted to get for Christmas. Sometimes that's the way we treat God. It's, it's, not a, it's not a conversation about what we're doing in life. It's about, God, will you give me this? Will you help me do that? Will you bless me with this? Will you, will you heal this family member or that family member? And look, Scripture tells us we're supposed to tell God what we need. But that's just sort of a one-way communication. God desires for us to be in a relationship where, where we hear from God and we speak to him about what he's saying and, and where we, we seek his guidance and direction in our lives. Um, when we engage in a relationship with God, we need to recognize that, that God wants us to be talking to him, not just about the things that we're concerned about, but about the things that God is concerned about. The, the, the things of God and, and how God reveals them to us in Scripture and through the Holy Spirit and how God wants us to be seeking after those things and pursuing those things and, and leaning into those things. And we ask God for help to lean in those things and to, to be a part of his plan, of growing his kingdom. Prayer is about us having a relationship to God, with him, where we hear from him, where he hears from us. Yes, we ask him for things, but we also talk to him about what he's speaking to us through scripture and through the Holy Spirit. And, and as we interact with brothers and sisters in the faith, and we, we learn and get challenged and grow, being an Acts 2 church means we're devoted to prayer, individually to God, but also corporately to God. That's why I'm so excited about this 21 days of prayer that we're starting tonight and that we're going to be praying for the next 21 days. I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a minute. Here's the second thing we need to know. 
Not only is an Acts 2 church devoted to prayer, an Acts 2 church prays expectantly. A little further in the, in the book of Acts, chapter 4, we read these words. Peter and John have just been released from prison. And on their release, they went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, the church, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. This is what they prayed. Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. That was their prayer. And after they prayed, it says the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. We see at the end of that prayer an immediate answer to prayer. Uh, let me ask you a question. Do you expect God to answer your prayers when you pray? Or do you just hope God will answer your prayers when you pray? There's a difference. Do you expect God to answer your prayers? Or do you hope God will answer your prayers? Look at the early church. They didn't hope God would answer their prayers. They expected God to answer their prayers. When they prayed for boldness, it was in the face of open threats from leaders who could make good on those threats. They prayed that they would not be reserved, that they would not be afraid, that they would speak the word of God boldly. And God answered it. They expected God to answer them. They didn't hope that God would answer them. They expected God to answer them, and they acted in faith, trusting that God was going to answer. And they walked and they talked in the power of the Holy Spirit, which they revealed was God with them. But they understood that. They prayed big prayers that only God could answer. They prayed bravely. As we enter into this new year, I want to challenge you to pray big prayers that, that you can't answer, that only God can answer. I want to challenge you to, to pray brave prayers, to, to step out and say, God, I want you to help me be your son, your daughter, and love the unlovable. Care for those who need care, to take risk for God. If we're going to be the church, you know, we are the church, but if we're going to really be the church and not play church, we've got to pray big prayers and we've got to walk in faith. If we're going to do that, we've got to expect God to answer those prayers. If you agree with me, say amen. Yeah, yeah. 
One of the ways we're going to do it is we're going to start 21 days of prayer. We're going to begin tonight at 7 o'clock. I, I challenge you all to come back for that. We're going to worship and we're going to pray. And then we're going to do something really challenging for some of us, me included. We're going to gather here Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. My watch is set already for 5 a.m. We're going to gather at 6 a.m. and we're going to pray. Um, we're, we're going to worship. Uh, we're going to have a, a brother or sister in Christ who's going to share devotional thought on the topic of that day. And then we're going to spend some time in prayer. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited what God's going to do, how God's going to transform us individually and corporately. We're going to pray for people to come to faith in Christ. We're going to pray for God to answer prayers. Uh, we're going to ask you to really engage with God. We'll, we'll have a prayer journal available for you. You may be able to pick them up after the service today, or you can download them from our website. We're, we're going to expect God to do things. Now, look, I, I recognize that that's going to cost you a lot, but here's you know, King David said, I won't offer to God anything that costs me nothing. It's going to cost you to be here at 6 a.m., now, look, I recognize some of your, your jobs won't allow you to do that, and, and, and that's okay. Um, but will you commit to praying at another time, earnestly, expectantly, boldly, persistently? Will you do it? We can all be here on Saturdays. We're going to pray at 8 a.m. We're going to give you a little extra sleep. Give me a little extra sleep. And then on Sundays, obviously, we're going to have our worship service. We'll pray then. So I said I was going to tag team the sermon, so I'm going to, I'm going to in the, you know, in a wrestling theme, I'm going to tag team with Ray, and I'm going to let him talk about persisting in prayer. So give it to him. This is cool. <laughs> uh, this, this past Friday, uh, Clark and I got together at Starbucks early in the morning, and um, we had some time to talk about this whole um, 21 days of prayer. <clears throat> and Clark came into Starbucks, and uh, I could tell that he wasn't doing too good. He, he dropped off. Uh, uh, Taylor had gone, uh, left home, and, and um, Madison, he dropped off at the train station, so his house was empty. And uh, I could see in Clark's eyes, he said, boy, this is tough. My kids are gone. You know, um, I'm starting to taste a little bit of that now. Uh, my son, David, came home from college, and so it was awesome to have him for Christmas. And, and my son, Christopher, he lives over in Collinsville. So we all gathered together for Christmas, and, you know, it's, it's pretty awesome because when they come into the house, you know, being the age that I am now, there's things that I appreciate. And all they have to do is walk in the house, and I feel, I feel filled. You know, when you know you're missing somebody... You're just, you're just so filled when they come into the home. And, you know, Christopher, at times, he'll come into the house and, you know, um, he'll come and visit. And, and it's just so exciting that he's just there, you know. And then, then when he, he would leave, I'd go into the refrigerator and say, let me give you some eggs and maybe some bread and fill, fill up a bag for you to take along with you. And um, because, I, you know, my heart, my heart, when it's missing somebody, you just know it. You know, the heart of the Father is something that I feel like the Lord is, is teaching me about and showing me about. And um, I'd like to read a scripture from Matthew. This is when Jesus is standing outside Jerusalem before he's, to, before he's to go in on Palm Sunday, you know, the triumphal entry. And, and he says this, he's standing, he's standing with Matthew and he says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets 
and, and stone those, uh, those law, um, I'm sorry, stone those uh, sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but, uh, but, we're not, but you were not willing. Uh, look, your house is, is left uh, you desolate, for I tell you, um, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You know, every springtime, uh, Heather and I, we go to Tractor Supply and we pick up some chicks, you know, and I usually look at the card on the side of the, you know, the bin where all the chicks are and, and I look for the ones that lay the most eggs, the biggest eggs as often as they can. And uh, Heather goes to Tractor Supply and picks out the cute ones. And... Uh, so she picked out a, a, a cute chick, and, you know, uh, lo and behold, that, that chicken really didn't grow that big, but it was cute, you know, and the eggs, the eggs are small, and I'm like, really? You know, well, that chicken went AWOL, okay, and, and we found out that she was nesting in where the sheep were, and, uh, and this fall, I was out there, you know, feeding the sheep, and I heard a little chip, chick, 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 and all of a sudden, I see mama running outside in the woods with all the little chicks. And uh, my kids, Ben and Linnea, loved it. They went, they went to, you know, try to pick up the little chicks. The mother would let them. But it was amazing. There was nine little chicks. And that, that mother hen would lift up her wings and, like, gather nine of them. Under, it's really cool. Like, this is the first time I've ever seen this. Like, would gather them around underneath her wings. And you wouldn't even know that she had chicks. It was so cool. Like she would just lift them up and, and, and gather them around. And what's amazing is this picture that Jesus gives and, and she, he shares it and he's speaking it to, um, to Matthew. And, and you're looking out in Jerusalem where everything is kind of chaotic. You know, things are going crazy. And then Jesus says, I, I just long to gather them together like my little chicks. And I'm like, who are you? Who is this guy? Where does he come from? Wow, that he would want to gather those chicks under his wings. You know, it's beautiful because, you know, the word of God is so rich that it just reveals the heart of God. You know, you're looking out into Jerusalem and you see all this chaos. And what did Jesus see? He saw little chicks that he wished he could just wrap them up and, and protect them. You know, if you want to know the heart of the heart of Jesus, just look at his prayer. The last prayer before he prayed, before he went to the cross, he says in John 17, 15 through 17, he said, my prayer is not to take them out of the world, but that you would protect them from the evil one. They are not of this world, even as I am not of it. You see the heart of Jesus to protect his disciples. He said, Father, protect them. Listen, they're no more of this world than even I am. Dude, that is awesome. You know, for Jesus to say that about you. You are no more of this world than I am. It's amazing. But then he goes in a little further. John 17, 20. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. Now he's also praying. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also uh, be, may, may they also, um, I'm sorry, I'm messing up here. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. 
I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. This prayer Jesus prays before he, he, he's to go to the cross. And so you, you get to see the heart of God. You get to see the heart of God, that God was longing for his kids to come home, for them to have that same heart that he has. So we look in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, Jesus' prayer is answered. They're all in the upper room. They're eating together. They're praying together. And then Jesus sends the gift of the Holy Spirit. He said this family, this first, this, this baby church, okay, I want to see it multiplied all over the earth. I want to see people gathering together with the same heart and the same mind, pressing into the heart of God, sharing the heart of God with all the world. I've given you everything that you need. I've given you the Holy Spirit. He said, the, 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 the very spirit that raised me from the dead is now dwelling inside of you. Now go. Go, and let's see our family grow. The key to prayer is the heart of prayer. Jesus gives an amazing parable in Luke. It says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them how they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary adversaries um, for some time he refused but finally he said to himself even though I don't fear God or care what people think yet because this widow keeps bothering me I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me and the Lord said listen to the, what the unjust judge says and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? The key to this parable is very simple. It's the widow. The widow is longing for something that she's missing. Her beloved. Jesus gives a beautiful picture of what the heart of prayer is. It's a position of seeing, seeing what you're missing. And then Jesus makes it clear in the parable. He, he, he gave this contrast of the unjust judge. But then he said, my heavenly father who loves you, who's waiting to fill up your basket with eggs and, and bread and give you everything that you need, how much more will he answer you? We have a heavenly father that's absolutely amazing. You know, we begin to know who we are when we know who he is. He's beautiful. And we hear this story about the persistent widow, and we all say, oh, wow, you know, you're so persistent in prayer. Wow, that's awesome. 
boy, you really work hard at that. Let me tell you something. When you know who he is, prayer is easy. (laughs) It's really easy. When you see who he is, all you're going to want to do is go after him. When you see that he's a loving father and he's waiting in his house just waiting for you to come and show up and fill your basket up with everything that you need, prayer is easy. So the challenge this year, which I think is absolutely awesome, to start 2017 in a place where we're going to cry out to the Lord. You know, at the end of that parable, Jesus said, he said, when I return, will I find faith in the earth? And faith is believing things that are unseen as if they are seen. And so could you see the vision that Jesus has for this earth? I know you see chaos, you see things going wrong all over the place, but do you have a vision, a God-sized vision of what he sees? He sees a kingdom of peace. He sees a kingdom of righteousness. He sees families being restored. He sees orphans being taken in and fed. That's what he sees. He sees families with wholeness. He sees people walking in righteousness and power, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons. That same very power that rose Christ from the dead is dwelling in every believer. Do you believe it? Do you want to gain that God-sized vision for your life and for who you are? Because you know what? You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a kingdom of God set apart for his delight and his own pleasure. Every single one of us is a part of that. Do you want it? 2017, I say let's go after this thing. Let's go after this thing because I'm going to tell you something. When you start walking in the presence of God, the river is like a torrent. It will drag you in and it will take you for a ride and you will not be able to get out of it. Prayer is something that when you connect with the heart of God, that's all you're going to want. That is all you're going to want. It's not going to be heroic to to pray anymore. It's going to take you for a ride. And it's going to consume your mind. It's going to consume your heart. Scriptures will come up and you're going to enjoy God. You'll enjoy him as much as he enjoys you. When you come into his house, Jesus said, when I return, will my house be a house of prayer? People who gather together, love one another, and call on the Lord. Because Jesus is coming back. I believe that that statement that Jesus said at the end of the parable, he knew what the answer was. He is going to come back to a church that's praying. He will find faith in the earth. He will find a people that have a vision that he has given them and imparted in them. So this year, we're going to start out early. If you can't come one day or whatever, take that time to pray. Take the time to see who your heavenly father is and how much he loves you. And then you know what? The Holy Spirit is going to put a prayer inside of you. You're going to begin to pray God-sized prayers. He's going to put a prayer inside of you that will shake his heart because your heart will be in tune with his heart. And that's who we are as Valley Brook. We are a church that goes after God's heart. We all want it, every single one of us. And he's going to accomplish this. Thank you.
Thank you, Ray. An Acts 2 church prays boldly, prays expectantly, and persists in prayer. And we're going to go after that. So, you know, put those, put tonight on your calendar. Come at 7 o'clock as we kick off these 21 days of prayer. It's a great way to kick off this new year and ask God to draw us in and see what he wants. Uh, Another important way for us to kick off this new year is to celebrate the Lord's Supper. And so uh, I'm going to invite you all to uh, celebrate the Lord's Supper in just a moment. Before we uh, begin, I'm going to invite you into a time of prayer. For those of you who are followers of Jesus, Scripture tells us that we need to prepare to take the Lord's Supper. So to enter in time of confession of sins. Uh, For those of you who have never really trusted in Jesus, you know, communion's really not something that you're supposed to participate in, but but today is your day. Uh, After our prayer of confession, I'm going to invite you just to pray a prayer of faith and tell Jesus you believe in him and want to follow him. And uh, then you're invited to eat the bread and drink the cup. So let's enter into a time of prayer, would you? Let's bow our heads. Father, you are... Our God, and we want to be in close connection with you. We want to be people who seek after your heart and lean into prayer. So we want to pray boldly. So today, Lord, as we prepare for the Lord's Supper, we're going to confess our sins. So Lord, right now, hear us individually. As we tell you what we've done that's wrong and as we seek your forgiveness. So go ahead and pray silently to God and confess your sins. closed. I want to speak to those folks who just may have never really said, Jesus, I believe in you. Maybe you grew up going to church, but you just never really connected the relationship with God through faith in Jesus. Today's your opportunity to begin that. So I'm just going to invite you to pray a prayer and tell him you believe in him and that you want to follow him. So I'm just give it to you phrase by phrase, and you can just pray that silently. So here we go. Dear God, I believe in Jesus. Go ahead and pray that silently. I believe he died and rose again. Go ahead and pray that. Lord, I believe he died for the forgiveness of my sins. Go ahead and pray that. I accept his forgiveness for my sinfulness. Tell him that. And now, Lord, I want to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. Tell him that. And Lord, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer of salvation, I encourage you to come and see me or another leader after the service because we want to encourage you in that faith. And at the end of the service, there will be prayer team members up here to to pray with you about your salvation or, or about anything you desire to pray. So please feel free after the service is over to come up. I'm going to invite the servers to come forward and prepare the bread and the juice. And once they're in place, I'll invite you to come up and receive communion. So let me just give you a few words of instruction. So at Valley Brook, uh, we just encourage you to come down the the center aisle. Um, As you turn to the right or to the left, there'll be a
group of servers on both sides um, that have both the bread and the juice. So uh, as you turn to the right, you can go to the right line or to the left line. As you turn to the left, you can go to the left line or the right line. You can take the bread and the juice, and then you can walk on. And if you want to spend some time praying, meditating over by the wall on either side, you're encouraged to do that. And once you've eaten the bread and drunk the juice, there's a basket for your empty glasses to go ahead and put those in. So let me remind you why we celebrate the Lord's Supper. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he told his disciples to do something that they would do always in remembrance of him, that that remind us, give us a picture of what he did for us, how he sacrificed himself for our salvation. So he said, as he broke bread, this is my body broken for you. Take this and eat it in memory of me. And then he took the cup and he poured wine into it. And he said, this represents my blood poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Take it and drink it in memory of me. So please stand and come forward to receive the Lord's Supper. As we've come here on this first day in 2017, we come to worship our God, to to really be his bride, the church, to to lean into what it means to be a, a faithful follower of Jesus. And part of that is being a praying people, individually and corporately have that relationship, to persist in that relationship, to to trust that God's going to speak to us and we're going to speak to him and we're going to grow in that relationship. So I want to encourage you to, as you leave this morning, to go out and to to talk about that and encourage one another to pray. And and I want to challenge you to come back tonight at 7 o'clock as we we enter into 21 days of prayer. And then I want to challenge you to to meet here tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Receive the blessing, and I encourage you to go out and connect with one another and have some refreshments in the cafe. And if you want to pray with somebody, the prayer team will be up here. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever and always. Go in peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. It's our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information about Valleybrook Community Church, please visit our website at valleybrook.cc.